Greetings! Welcome aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. I'm Foley. And we're in the home stretch here, people. This is the penultimate episode of season one, and it's a humdinger. You might argue that it should have been the last episode. Oh, easily. This episode had all the earmarks of season finale. This is conspiracy episode 24 and this episode totally should have been the season finale space There's, bugs yeah, scary space bugs this this whole story is it's the most epic story in season one a lot of the like the dramatic cues like musical stuff that they use so many times in later episodes like they've, they've used in this one like the dramatic music I don't know if they I can't remember it appearing in any episode yeah. prior to this so like, no, this was a super dramatic like this dramatic music was all over this episode like every scene like ship flying through space and it's the uh, the creepy strings to give you that sense of horror or revulsion when yeah, you yeah. see the whatever yeah Exactly. Exactly. I love this episode. It's kind of goofy in spots. Oh, yeah. And, you know, as happens in season one a lot. But I was always disappointed that they never went anywhere with this storyline. Totally. Because they set this up really well, you know? Like, there was an episode previous to this which kind of gave us the first seed. Yeah, with Remick and Quinn. Yeah, yeah. And then we get this episode which kind of grows that. and Yeah, we find out what the, what the, the, the fears were all about. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the ending is great and suggests more but we'll get to that for fans of Trek who really like episodes that have drama and tension and action this is the only one that kind of delivers on that this is a smorgasbord in the whole season <laughs> um, cheesy though it is so the Enterprise it's on its way to Pacifica the jewel of the galaxy which we never get to see yeah we never get to see it once again denying the crew their shore leave <laughs> did they get any shore leave no, at all this season no nope. never not even no once. shore leave suckers <laughs> the crew's going to be ready to mutiny at this point yeah, but on their way, they receive a code, what is it, code 47? Code 47. Captain's eyes only. And lo and behold, it's the captain's good friend, Walker. Walker Keel. Yeah. Pleading with Picard to meet him on the down low at Ditalics B, an abandoned shithole. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a planet. Yeah, yeah. They do mining, or they used to. Nothing now. So Picard's like, all right. All right, I guess so. You know, old friend. Old friend. And will you tell me what it's about on this secure channel? He's like, no way, we have to meet it's in like, person. No! Oh! Yeah. He barks it at him. He looks weird too. He had the yeah, real yeah. crazy eyes, eyes going on. bulged out there. Yeah. Picard wasn't weirded out about it. Yeah, weirded yeah. out by it though, because I guess they're old friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so they fly to Ditalix B. They have like a meeting of, like, <laughs> there are three captains there. Yeah, they, there are three ships orbiting around, then just the captains go down. So yeah. I, it's nice to think they were, like, they were meeting for uh, their. Starfleet's finest. I see we're here for a fantasy football draft. Yeah. No, like, Starfleet's no. finest. You know, when you came into orbit, you told us that two of those ships were free. Frigates. Does Starfleet's finest command frigates? Apparently, Picard has a higher opinion of these young and up and, up and coming captains I than, guess so. uh, than Starfleet. Maybe they'll get reassigned after uh, I don't know. after this particular mission. Anyhow, it's here that the conspiracy is laid out for Picard. Kind of, kind of, sorta. They've got these suspicions. People have been dying. Radic orders, odd orders. People bluffing their way through talk of old times. Mm-hmm. That's their weakness. You see, is these lack uh, of memory. Yeah, the lack of memory. They, uh, but we'll get to that. Basically, people aren't who they appear to be. Yeah, and Picard's all like, "This sounds like a whole bunch of horseshit to me." But I'll, I'll humor you. So he leaves, and as they're on their way back to Pacifica, hey, wait, there's a debris, like a debris field. Oh, better check this out. What yeah. could it be? Oh, it's the Horatio. Is that was that the name of the ship? The USS Horatio. Oh, got it right. First the ca- try. The command of Captain Walker Keel, Picard's friend. Yeah, who's uh, now dead? Yeah, Picard's friend who introduced Beverly Crusher to her 
uh, husband Jack, who's also dead. Who's also dead. A lot of death in this episode. A lot of death in this episode. Real bummer. So this so, yeah. galvanizes Picard into action. Although right before this, Counselor Troy was doing her best to talk Picard out of this entire endeavor. This really is the biggest lesson to take away from this episode. When Counselor Troy discourages you from taking actions to try to prevent the hostile takeover of the entire Federation, you probably should not listen to her. Yeah. It's interesting to think that if Picard had taken Deanna Troy's advice, the Federation would have fallen. Yeah. We were one Betazoid counselor away from the end of the Federation. Do you think she'd nag more effectively this time? (laughs) That would have been it. I was kind of suspicious of her, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I was like, is she in on Maybe she's on their side. It's true. It's true. They never really introduced that angle of anybody on the yeah. ship becoming compromised. Well, they, they kind of do later, but only only well, briefly. It's yeah. a it's a red herring. So Picard confides in beyond confiding in Troy after they after they find the wreckage of the Horatio. Picard then also confides in Riker. Yeah. And commands Data to more or less check all of Starfleet's logs for the last six months to for look for any suspicious, suspicious stuff. It's the type of thing that only someone <coughs> who has can process information quickly could do. Uh-huh. So Data, they're in the middle of their meeting, then Data walks in and basically says, you were right, yo. Lots of suspicious stuff going on. Yeah, I believe it's a clandestine effort to control key sectors of the Federation. Different, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, like, I guess um, key personnel and positions of command were getting reshuffled around. Yeah. The people that were uh, being put in charge of all these different outposts were people that had recently been to Earth. Mm-hmm. talking to high-level officials there. Yeah, for no reason. Like, these are Starfleet personnel that would have no reason to interact <laughs> with these high-level officials and yet were super suspicious yes indeed but apparently Starfleet's right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing uh, as Data put it yeah using one of those human uh, so, aphorisms he's Riker's all like well what do you think we should do just go to Earth and ask and they're like yeah let's do that that sounds good cue the Batman spinning sp- then they're at Earth. Then they're at Earth. And the admirals greet them. And, I don't know, the whole thing, like, did the, uh... Seem kind of fishy. Did the Vulcan admiral seem kind of greasy to you? Like, his hair. Uh, his wig, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I'm glad to know, uh, like, it didn't even occur to me that it was a wig. But, you know, now that you yeah. mention it, that's probably for the best. Because that would be really tragic if that was that man's real hair. It looked like it was made of dog hair. Yeah, it looked really bad. So the three admirals... Um, yeah. Show up along with the, the aforementioned Captain, no, Commander oh. Remick. Yeah, Commander Remick is there from the previous episode. And we all remember how much we love Remick. Oh, yeah, he's the best. Well, don't worry, that'll pay off for you later. Totally. But, hey. anyways, one of the admirals is going to come up to uh, visit the Enterprise, and Picard takes this as a sign that he's still on their side. It's Quinn, the guy who yeah, was yeah. on the ship before. The mighty Quinn. Warning them of this possible oh, yeah, yeah. coming danger. So, Quinn comes aboard, and Picard's all like, So, uh, you remember that danger? Uh, danger to the Federation you mentioned. He's like, oh, is that why you're here? Uh, no, shit, son. You took me way too literally. I was just talking about this bullshit which actually has nothing to do with what I said before. Yeah. And then Picard's all like, oh, shit. He's like, totally oh, been compromised. I see. Yes. Like, Yeah, it's the weakest attempt at uh, subterfuge ever. Like, it, it's on par with when he became Darth Vader, the good man who was your father was destroyed, so it's totally kosher that I told you Darth Vader killed your father. You know, it's yeah. that it's that level of bullshit. He keeps it up too because uh Picard's like, Oh, okay, okay. good buddy. <laughs> well, I gotta go down to the surface, but Riker will show you around. Just a minute, Riker, can we talk for a second? <laughs> so they literally walk away from him, go into another room, and Picard's like, That man isn't Quinn. Keep an eye on him. 
whatever you do, don't let it out of your sight. Like, he's an admiral. I know. Seriously, what a what a motto. Like, yeah, yeah, Mamby right. Pamby outright. Yeah, come right. on. Oh, I want to risk my career. He's an admiral. Jesus, sounds exactly like that. That's a great impression. Yeah. Well, I met Jonathan Freaks, so I should know what the man sounds like. He's That's, like, oh, hey, Jeff, how are you? We're buddies. Yeah. He liked my proton pack. I'll sign it was an a great moment for, for me. I'm really sorry, Mr. Freaks. I, uh, I don't think he sounds like that, really. No, he doesn't. Mr. Freaks has a, a, a rich, deep voice that I don't do justice. You can stop talking up now. Okay. Um, so anyway, Riker... Uh, oh, yeah, like Picard says, Riker, you get a, get a, get Dr. Crusher to give that, give that imposter a, an exam yeah, so you can tell what's going on. Find out who he really is. He's an admiral. <laughs> <laughs> so Picard beams down to the planet yeah. and then... Um, and cut they have to really cut, awkward chit chat. <laughs> they do, yeah. Like, but uh, cut to Quinn's quarters. Yeah, where Quinn's checking out this little case, and Riker comes in to give him his tour, and he's, and he's like, like, "Oh, what do you got in the case, son?" He's, he's like, like, "Oh, I got this nasty, weird scorpion yeah, I creature. A, I got this new form of life. <laughs> it's a superior yeah. form of life." And Riker bristles at that immediately, as he always does whenever any like the same way he bristled when Data suggested that he was superior to humans. Riker just thinks, you know, he's he thinks he's the shit. Like he really does. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get to the fight scene. Oh, yes. Man. So, like we're saying, Quinn really is very, very bad at subterfuge, and in exactly the same way in this scene, he's like, "Oh, what do you got there? Oh, something, you know, not a big deal. Just Here. this alien that's gonna, you know, take over your body." Yeah. He didn't really, didn't really like do a good job yeah, of. Want to take a look at it? No. No. Oh, how about we fight then? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna just fight. Be, you know, whip your ass. So Quinn, the eighty-something-year-old admiral, maybe older, yeah. decides to go toe-to-toe with uh, Commander Riker, or rather, his stunt double does. <laughs> yeah. In again, I think we talked about this in a previous episode. We're talking about classic, like classic budget television especially like 1980s yeah. cliched um action fight scenes they always shoot it over the shoulder of the stunt double so the stunt double will always have his back to the camera and then our face actor is facing the camera and then the punch will come or something and then we'll immediately cut to the opposing angle where now the actor who was punched is yeah. now there staggering, stu- away. staggering away but in this fight scene that didn't happen no they took it a step further so first of all paint the picture everybody knows Jonathan Frakes is a tall, statuesque man. He is a tall man. Admiral Quinn is a a man, probably the actor has got to be in his late 60s, yeah, 70s yeah. for sure. He's a little bent over. He's, he's, he's an old man. He's not near... He's significantly he not, shorter than yeah, Riker. He, he's... At least half a head shorter than Riker, possibly more. The stunt double playing Quinn in the shots is a, a man little... in his 30s at most. With a white wig on. With a white wig, who is taller than the stunt, stunt double, double playing Riker. Riker. Oh, man. It's so great. Yeah. And they decided when the Quinn stunt double punches at the Riker stunt double, the Riker uh, at Riker, who is facing the camera, they decided to just be bold with it and sub in Riker stunt double even though he's facing the camera yeah so all through this fight sequence you get really good views of both stunt doubles faces it's awesome a lot and a lot of the time it's just both stunt doubles like it's not one or the other it's no, both it's both of them and honestly the fight choreography here is so tame that it really begs the question of why I like we've Riker. got two stunt doubles in here Riker almost went for a roundhouse kick to the face though yeah. Yeah, it's just so weird. Like, for the shots that they were using the stunt doubles for, a lot of them felt like they didn't require stunt doubles. Like, there were one or two that I could see, but for the most part, they didn't look like they needed stunt doubles for that shit. I imagine... Certainly not for Freaks. 
No, he's yeah, like at the, Adonis. at the very least, Frakes could have been doing much of his own stunt work there. Maybe he was injured or something. Maybe, like, maybe he twisted his ankle. Yeah, or something. Maybe these were pickups or something. Who knows? Yeah. The, the other thing is, I think much like a, a scene we'll talk about later, this is definitely a spot where like the HD uh, remastering is really killing them here. Yeah, this yeah. might not have been nearly as obvious if you're watching it on television mm-hmm. back in 1980. Yeah, watching it back in the 80s on like a large TV back then would have been like what 24. Yeah. You might not have noticed the Quinn doubles uh, gray wig matched with his bushy, thick, black (laughs) eyebrows. Yeah. In standard definition on an old TV screen, like 24 inch or less, I'm sure this looked just fine. Mm -hmm. Watching it on my 70 inch TV in 1080p high definition, it's considerably more obvious that these are not the actors. It's quite a bit more hilarious. It's really great. I loved it. And then, you know, uh, Riker called for security. So who comes running down the hall but Worf and Jordy for some reason? Hey, someone's got to fill in. Tashi Yard just died. Yeah, but there's this whole security staff like like why would Jordy leave his post at the bridge look we're still a mess from Tasha dying like he doesn't have a yellow uniform yet yeah he, like, you know I mean and just last week he thought Data was dead and that he was going to be at Ops and yeah, he was really looking forward to that surely yeah, yeah. on Pacifica he needed it <laughs> and instead now he's got to deal with this shit yeah no it's in, in standard next gen fashion instead of having security people they just throw in one of the regular crew look, Jordy needed FaceTime, all right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Jordy gets thrown, when they arrive, like, oh, Commander Riker slipped. It's like, "Uh, sure he did, did? Admiral. Uh Oh. You know? And then Admiral's like, well, well, I gotta run. And Jordy's (laughs) like, wait, don't you think we should wait for the doctor? And then... Quinn's like, ah, fuck it. (laughs) He's like, well, I'm out of excuses. Time to toss LeVar Burton through a door. (laughs) Which he does. It's awesome. I know. And then the doors, like, they pop out, and they're practically made of balsa wood. Whatever. Quinn's just that strong. Yeah, but I mean... These doors, I always assumed that they were some kind of, like, metal or plastic or something. I didn't think the doors on the Enterprise were made of wood. Uh, I think that's for the stunt. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously. I just think it's funny because you get a really good view of them and they clatter in a weird way. It's like, oh. Hey, we know that there are some doors on this on the Enterprise that are made of wood. The, yeah. the elegant doors that, that are serve as the entrance to 10 forward. Yeah, which we see for the first time in this episode down in Starfleet Command. Yes, we do. I I think that they made those doors and we're so pleased with them that we're like, we've got to find a way to use these again. They're great doors. They're really good doors. They're those nice wood paneled doors. With the glass. With the, yeah, with the glass with the Starfleet emblem in them. Jordy mm-hmm. would look great being thrown through those. Yeah, yeah. Same they never did that. Yeah, it's just, that is. So anyways, so Jordy's been tossed through the door and now it's uh, Worf's it's turn, turn. To, to fight uh, Admiral Quinn's stunt double. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> But I can't I, even. I think Worf did most of his own stunts there. Worf gets thrown over a yeah. table. I couldn't. If it wasn't actually Michael Dorn, I couldn't tell. Yeah. The, the headpiece. The, the makeup helps yeah. a lot in that respect. Just because... wait till we get the 4K version of this. Then we'll know for sure. Oh, man. I don't think there will ever be a 4K version. Shut up, I can dream, okay? <laughs> okay? So anyway, yeah, Worf also gets his ass kicked. Yeah, but then Doc Crusher arrives and inexplicably has a uh, phaser on her. Whatever, she's prepared, unlike the rest of these chumps. I, I, I like to assume that she actually took the phaser off Jordy while he was unconscious, having looked in the door and seen like, oh shit. Why didn't Worf even try for the phaser? Honor! <sighs> Whatever, I, I guess. Because he's, because he's big dumb Worf. He figured he could take him on, I guess. 
Yeah. This wasn't Worf's best fight, I'll just say that. <laughs> no, War- Worf got knocked out super easy. Like, I've seen him take way more punishment. Yeah. Anyways, Doc Crusher stuns Admiral Quinn after, like, four shots. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, they take him to the medical bay and they discover that there's a parasite that's taken over his brain and breathes through a little gill, or it looks like a thorn that sticks out the yeah. back of his neck. It's lodged. The thing's in his neck, lodged mm. onto his brain stem. Yeah, and meanwhile, Riker is still unconscious in the background. And watching it, I was like, I would have thought they would have attended to him faster because... They did. Getting look, knocked unconscious is really bad for you. Look, they did. It's They would have triaged him. There's no yeah. way. They, they just probably sedated him afterwards. Okay, he was still okay. in blinding pain from <laughs> being beaten. So anyways, Picard calls up to let Riker know that they're going into dinner and to get his ass down there. But <laughs> Crusher has to talk to him because Riker's still unconscious. And she lets him know what the deal is. Tells him about the aliens and about the gill. And that he has to set his phaser to kill because stun has little effect. Hmm. The alien seems to be able to dramatically boost the adrenal glands. Yeah, yeah. The output of the adrenal and, glands. And uh, so Picard's all like, listen, doctor, you don't take a motherfucking phaser to dinner at Starfleet Command. It's not done. Riker would have. Riker would have. So he's like, well, have Riker join me whenever. Hopefully I won't be dead. (laughs) He's pretty resigned about the whole thing. He's just like, well, shit, I know this is a trap, but I guess I better go. Yeah, you know, the Federation hangs in the balance, but what are you going to do? Whatever. I don't want to be rude and make them wait. Yeah. (laughs) So he goes in, and they're all like... Surprise! We're aliens. By no, uh, they, they, the, the way they the way they do that is by Picard opens up the lid on his bowl, and oh my god, it's just a whole mess of mealworms just yes. writhing around. So they're just trolling him. He's like, "Here, human, yeah. have some gross food." Yeah. Did you watch Indiana Jones come, and the Temple come, of come, Doom? Eat up. Yeah, these are delicious. Raise your hand if you want seconds. And then in HD, you can see that like they're eating pretzels. They're pretzels, or maybe like like they're, they're just broken pretzels. It might be new. I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure it's pretzels. Okay, well, they're not worms. Yeah. Except... Because they were rigid. Like, they they didn't flop around like noodles. Totally. Yeah. So Picard's like, oh, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. But then Riker shows up, and he's all like, you're not going anywhere, old man. Oh, no, he's been converted. Oh, shit. This is the worst thing that could have happened for you, Picard. And then the other guys are like, you were meant for Crusher. You were meant for the Doctor. Couldn't be helped. Riker walked in on us. And so he shows off his... Uh, his gill. His gill. And they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, story checks out. And uh, then, you know, they do some more monologuing. Frakes then, like... L- laying out their evil plan in t- in full for oh, Picard. Yes. Sorry. You know, as you know, like any respectable Bond villain would. Uh, at this point, it's revealed that Captain Shyla Scott, one of the uh, captains who warned Picard at the beginning, was actually a bad guy the whole time, and that's how they knew. Also, pretty bum, much, bum, bum. Their, their plan was exactly as suspected. They're, they're just taking over the Federation using the humans as the hosts. Yeah, and uh, luring Picard to Earth by letting him come, like find out and come to them rather than going after him. That was all part of the plan, baby. Apparently. Uh, I actually think that was just them bullshitting and trying to make Picard feel dumb. They're braggarts. Oh yeah, this is totally part of this. Our machinations. <laughs> we are so smart. We are so good at this. You haven't got a prayer. So they say, hey Riker, have some, have some food. And Frakes drags his fingers through the mealworms a bunch of times. And then when he finally lifts a big them old up, handful. Yep. To, he's got them hanging over his mouth, and then he whips out the phaser with his free hand and shoots one of them. Oh no! So, oh, he was, then, it was all a it was clever a ruse. And so then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, lots of shooting. Picard um, uses a judo move. Yeah, uh, on, on Shyla, get she, her phaser. Yeah, she levels her phaser at Riker, but then Picard just kind of gives this weird kind of 
fairy slap, you know, as as if he's like it like was just, great. Yeah, like to it's it's French. It was a savate yeah. move. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, the the combat's pretty funny, and uh, one like they they kill everybody basically because their well, phasers are set on kill. Yeah, I, are they dead? Yeah, they're dead. Because I always thought a kill the kill setting on phasers would disintegrate people. Um, I think if you like pour it on, it does. But yeah. I think if you just shoot someone with it, it just well. At any rate, the people collapse to the ground, and dead those, or not, yeah. and then the the bugs crawl out of their mouths. Yeah, yeah, and scurry away. Although I think they shoot the first one. Yeah, and then like they're after like this one guy who's getting away. He's running down the hall, and they call out his name, and he <laughs> stops and turns around because that's what you do when you're running away from somebody. And hey, they... you running away! Stop so we can shoot you. <laughs> I was like, what? What? And, and the best part is he stops, turns around, looks at them, and then he shoots first but he misses he does but i mean if they were running after him and they showed him to stop and he does you would think that in that moment that he's stopping and turning around that they would use their attack of opportunity or something i guess they their initiative role was way too low listen just remember this is star trek the next generation you're watching the bar for action is set extremely low Mm -hmm. (laughs) like normally an action scene involves the guy's staring at a view screen of a spaceship in sp- a static shot of a spaceship <laughs> in space. Yeah. So a guy running down a corridor is that's that's pretty high end yeah, for Star Trek. Yeah. Season one in particular. Indeed. So with that last admiral out of the way, yeah. they follow the little creature, it crawls under a door, they go in, and there's Remick looking at a uh, a static picture of a bunch of star systems. Mm-hmm. What's he doing? Don't know. He's looking at star systems. It's he- a weird room. It's kind of a Bond moment. Like, mm-hmm. he turns around and he's like, oh, gentlemen. Gentlemen, what can Welcome. I do for you? <laughs> and then his neck starts all... Yeah, yeah, the, the creature crawls up him in really bad stop motion. Yeah, it's uh, like made of Fimo. Yeah, he <laughs> swallows it, and then we see his neck bulge, and he's oh. all... Then he's all like, you don't understand. We seek peaceful coexistence. But he says it in such an evil voice. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. like, what? Come on. Try harder. So then they explode him. Yeah, they just shoot him until yeah. he... Until, until his... his head pops. Like, it's yeah. the most graphic death in the whole of Next Generation. There's actually nothing close. Like, this yeah. is... This is the most shocking and disgusting death in any Star Trek series I've ever seen. And it's it's basically out of 80s horror movies in terms of special yeah. effects. Yeah. It's really pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's gross. And I remember being very shocked by it as a child when I first saw it. Remember Andrew McVie's mom was horrified. Yeah, no, really. She I mean, was if you, really mad. I'm actually not surprised. Like, as no, a, no. you know, because this is, this is like way, way, way beyond um, anything else in the show. Yeah. Uh, it got edited out in the UK on the Space Network here in yeah. Canada. It's the only, it's the only episode that carries a warning. Yeah, it has it. a viewer discretion warning yeah. uh, when it airs on space. I somehow didn't see this one as a kid. Like, I didn't see it until years later. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, so I was like, I don't know, 15, 16, yeah, when I saw it for the first Were time. Were you shocked when you saw it? Just at how, like, yeah, how gory it was. Yeah. Not that it was, like, you know, it's, it's how explicit it was, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's very fake looking. Yeah, but, but it's still very bloody and very gross. And, like, yeah. you know, like... The, when, people, the, when people die on Star Trek, they're generally Yeah, vaporized. like, the face, the, the skin on his face, like, just, like, melts off, leaving yeah. the uh, leaving the musculature and skeleton and, like, the eyes. Skull and then eyes, his head yeah. blows up. Very heavy metal. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what happens. And then his chest bursts open and yeah. this sort of creatures inside and I don't know where Remick's internal organs went but they are gone and this thing is taking up all of that space yeah. so I don't even know how Remick was even functioning
functioning anymore. He didn't have a heart. He didn't have lungs. He didn't have a stomach. He didn't everything, need them. Yeah, everything yeah. was gone. So how is this creature puppeteering him when his entire when his entire nervous system was gutted? We'll just never know because, uh, because they, they, they blew it up. up. They blew it up. They yeah, shot well, it. they evaporated that one. Like that guy just kind of like incinerated when yeah. they blasted it. And then they back out, and there's this like hollowed out chest of a man with arms yeah. and legs, and then all these dead femo bugs all over the yeah. ground with blood everywhere. It was really, yeah, really gross. And thus the day is saved and we go back to the Enterprise. And Honestly, like, I think there could have been more, like, exposition with that, the boss alien, but yeah. they just ran out of time. Yeah, they just, they had to rush through it. And then we get our very end, you know, like, oh, Data, uh, did you figure out what that signal was that Remick was sending? And he's like, yes. Uh, he, he w- it was directed toward this unexplored sector of the galaxy, and I believe it was a beacon, a homing beacon sent from Earth. Bum, 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 bum. Dun, dun, dun. And then as the episode ends, like, it's just space and we see the Enterprise floating by and then we hear this kind of Morse code sounding transmission. Oh, chilling. Yeah, you know, giving us the impression that this isn't over. There we'll is be more hearing to come. again from these guys sometime in the future. No, we won't. You know, another another series or an, another, uh, you know, captain might have like put on his shades and said, let's go kick some alien ass. Yes. Trace that signal down. <laughs> but that's not how Picard rolls. So they just don't even bother. Picard's like, whatever whatever next mission not our job not our problem exactly Let's and he was right in this yeah. case since uh, we yeah, never heard from him again happened. nothing happened apparently they make an appearance in a comic book a comic book or like a but novel. yeah comic book that counts no yeah so yeah the alien threat um eliminated hooray through more or less oh yeah that's the other thing sorry uh for whatever reason you might be thinking well aren't there others uh, weren't we told many times other of these bug creatures yeah, they are they out were all there? over the place apparently they uh, all died when the boss creature yeah, they died they can't survive without the queen I guess very head vampire yeah so yeah that's that's all we get like a one line explanation which yeah. okay whatever it always seems like a fatal flaw for any race to have that if you kill the leader the entirety of the uh... yeah like don't go with uh, yeah don't go with a high hierarchy or yeah, if you just... do like be able to re- make the yeah, queen it, replaceable it, exactly exactly like a, like a beehive or an, an anthill or something when yeah. the, if the queen dies they just feed royal jelly or whatever to one of yeah. the people and it becomes the queen like oh good so like yeah Paris Parasitic alien species that are out there, keep this in mind. Yeah. All right? Keep this in your hive mind. Listen, evolution. You're just asking for trouble if you Borg link all of your species so that if you kill the queen, everyone dies. Don't make the queen indispensable. Yeah, that's That's that's, all. Yeah, no good. All right. All right. So, yeah, Yeah. that was Conspiracy. And like I say, I love this episode. And it was, well, I mean, it's probably the most drama we got out of season one. Oh, there's no question. Like, there's not much Easily, like, there's only one more episode left in season one and I'm not going to talk about what happens in that episode because we're going to talk about it next time but this was the clear choice for the final episode of the season it even had a feeling of a of like suspense and drama at the end yeah. there's a little bit of a teasing yeah. maybe yeah, it's, it's a cliffhanger it's not quite a cliffhanger but it's enough that uh, yeah. le- it would leave you wanting more for the next season and I'm going to say right now I'm going to rank this right now I'm going to give this some pips oh right yeah, okay. yeah. and I am going to give this one a commander whoa I'm going to give this one an honorary weird season one admiral <laughs> plaque thing with <sighs> bonus pips because one of the admirals had that he had the Admiral plaque and then extra pips, which was really weird. I have to make that now, you know. Oh, I know. Like, oh, <laughs> you 
shit lord. Yeah, you know, you know it's you know it. Great. I, I can't wait to make to get onto Photoshop and yes. make that graphic just for yes. this episode. Would you, right. I can give it a different rank. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'll do it. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, commander from me, a, uh, uh, a fancy schmancy admiral from uh, from Foley. Yeah. Uh, and Super weird. You can you can rest assured that no other like there's only one episode left this season and it's not getting higher than the commander from me. No, no, no. So uh, in real rankings, that's that's a very high rank indeed. The highest rank I am willing to give a first season episode. Yeah. No first season episode is deserving of a captain's rank. Not a one of them. No. This episode really stands out in just that it's so different than most of the yeah. other ones in season one. Um, and it's really, it's not that similar to a lot of episodes in TNG yeah. in general. Like, they're going for action. Kind yeah, of. and also, you know, this was the era of episodic television. We didn't get a lot of uh, TV shows that had ongoing plots and no. story arcs. That wasn't a thing in the 80s so much. Like, you saw it occasionally, but it wasn't a popular format at the time. Not like it is today. You know, practically everything has ongoing story arcs today. Even fucking sitcoms do. But uh, not back then. So this is the last uh, the last hurrah for those goofy Admiral's uniforms from yep. season one. Very last time we'll see those. We saw them in triplicate in this one. Because there's three dudes wearing them at the They're same so time. They're so weird. The hem on the bottom of the shirts looks odd. Oh, like, so weird. Yeah. yeah. Like, they don't... Like, they look wrong on the pants. They're very unflattering to, like, any physique. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a really bad design. I don't know what the uh, costume designer was thinking. And, I mean, I'm no costume designer, but I could do better than that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I could do much better than that. The Admiral Pips are weird, too. Yes. How many, like, Pips are they supposed to have? I was, like, trying to count it. It looked like six? I, I don't know. Like, because it changes from season to season until season three when they kind of get it standardized oh, into, yeah. that, into that uh, rectangle that has the Pips in them. Right. And in that case, I think it was the four Pips inside a rectangle okay. denoted a uh, Admiral, but I'm not sure. This thing, it looks like the, like a, like the uh, the grill on the front of a car. Almost. Well, I guess it's eight pips because it's like four on either side because the pips are on either side of the collar. Why do you go from that? Doesn't seem isn't the cap isn't admiral like the next step up from captain? Like why do you go from like four to eight? I don't know. It's um, pretty grand. But like, are there other ranks? Are there commodores? Or? Well, that one dude, like I was saying, the one guy had like the are there the general had the big admiral's badge, and then he had mm. more pips. So was he yeah. like a super duper admiral? Yeah, yeah, he was grand admiral. Was that actually his rank? I have no idea. I thought that was a Star sure. Wars thing only. Huh? You know, I can't say. Don't know. Um, what else do you want to? What else happened that bears discussion? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, um, well, this isn't really exciting, I guess. But this is uh, no Wesley in this episode. Was well, out. Yeah. Yep. No Wesley in the next episode either. We have seen the last of Wesley for season one. Yeah. We've only got one more episode of Riker without a beard. Oh my God. This is the last of Babyface Frakes, and then it's on wow. to uh, then it's on to the beard beard country. Six seasons of beard. I know. Up. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. Yeah. True words are never spoken. <laughs> How would you... Data has that epiphany about talking to himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his, his little character moment. Oh, I'm talking to myself. How very human of me. Yeah, pat yeah, yourself yeah. on the back there, Data. Yeah, good work. And, uh, of course, when he's explaining to the computer, because he realizes that he's talking to himself when the computer asks him to repeat the command. And he's like, it was not a command. I was talking to myself. And then he explains to the computer what that is. And he goes into super detail, as Data always does. And even the computer gets sick of it. And it's like, I, I can't comprehend yeah we get it you know like even the computer shuts data up amazing which is funny so in terms of threat to the enter to the, the foundation of the federation or earth or basically to the good guys of star trek mm-hmm. how does this one compare with others 
What other major like the problem here is that we get precious little information about what their actual plan and motivations were. Like, yeah, all we know is that they were kind of positioning themselves to be in command of key sectors of the Federation. Like a menace from within is a really yeah. compelling storyline. Yeah, right? and from what we read initially, that's what this was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a military coup, but uh, yeah, there were no aliens involved. Yeah, like the Rod- people... Roddenberry was just not having that because. Yeah. Runberry doesn't want Starfleet or uh, the United Federations of Planets to be anything other than like a perfect government. Right. Beyond reproach. Yeah. And you know, I'm with the writer on this one. I think that's boring. I, I understand yeah. that it's it's the message of Star Trek is to be hopeful for the future of mankind. I get that. But I think that doesn't mean that you can't also have cautionary tales about, yeah. hey, you know what? Even though we've come so far and we're doing so great, we've still got a be on guard because there are always going to be total cock goblins out there that will uh, Mm. try to fuck up our shit so let's not turn a blind eye to things even even in our own government because power does strange things to people so do weird internal aliens it's true Um, the aliens are a metaphor for political power maybe what is the queen thing alien metaphor for penises Um, okay I wouldn't wouldn't have picked up on that myself but it's a whole phallic power thing sure if you say so yes what else I don't even know what else to talk about Mm. In this episode, I think we've I think we've covered this episode pretty thoroughly at this point. Yeah. So, what do you feel like talking about? I don't know. What you thinking? What you thinking about? <laughs> Nothing. Stuff. It's almost Halloween here. Are you, are you gonna wear the uh, the Starfleet pajamas I got you? I wear them all the time. Good, good. Oh no, you're right. You're, you're you're gonna be my dipper this year. Yeah, you already assigned me. Yeah, a I've costume. already assigned you your costume for this year. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I think it's something Trek related. Mm-hmm. See, I know shore leave for the crew. Yeah. Once again. Once again. And well, they didn't even go back to Pacifica at the end of this thing. No, they went on to other business. Yeah, yeah. So fuck Pacifica. I, fuck that place. Pe- anybody who's in the junior like junior officers and like the rest of the staff of the ship must be pissed. The like, Enterprise must have a really poor. Trek track record for keeping its appointments yeah you know like when when a planet you know sees that they've been assigned the enterprise for something they're probably like oh shit probably not gonna see them they're supposed to be the flagship of the federation too like don't they have a responsibility to i don't know put on a good face wherever they go one would imagine so but oh well it is weird that they're the flagship i don't think that's very smart (laughs) given that they're out supposed to be out on the outer rim exploring yeah yeah you would think like yeah i don't know like yeah. I guess what, what do most ships in the Federation do with their time? Like they're not apparently they're not all exploring. They're yeah. all just doing routine shit. I guess there's a lot of upkeep and stuff in uh, maintaining a United Federation of planets. Like I'm, I'm sure there are probably humanitarian missions and peacekeeping missions and mm-hmm. just science missions. Yeah, science missions and you know construction missions, terraforming missions. But like what do you think the rate the breakdown is of resources? Like how much how much of the what percentage of the Federation's resources are dedicated to exploring? Given that that's their, that given like I mean we were always told that the Enterprise's goal is to seek out new life and civilizations, but is that just like one very small item on a like mm. a, on the on the Federation's budget list? Like I don't know, you know things they got things for objectives for next year. Like oh yeah, we you know exploration's way think down. The, on the Enterprise of the list. has a quota. Like do they do they have an annual quota? Like oh listen, you only discovered four new civilizations this. Year. I sure hope not. That's that's really we mundane. Were ex- we were expecting for at least six. Yeah, this is, Picard's got a quarterly like, performance yeah, review. Yeah, like, like listen, if, if you don't start finding more aliens and more shit out there, yeah. you're going to get demoted and we 
we're, we're going to find someone else to captain the Enterprise. Oh, it's so rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, if there's 100 ships or whatever number it is, how many of them do you think are spending much, their time exploring? And how, how many of them are... exploring does even the Enterprise do? Like, exactly. Mo- most he of the seems time to spend a bunch of his time doing... Yeah, most of the time it's doing other shit. Like, we're going to this planet, which we already know. Right. We're going to this planet, which we already know about, too. We're going to those planets because we're the nearest ship in the sector. Well, what oh. are you doing in there? Don't you want to be that, out in that's the... That's a common trope in Star Trek that pisses me off. It doesn't make sense because we're supposed to be out exploring. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're the only ship in the quadrant. Really? But you were at Earth. Shouldn't Earth be, like, surrounded by starships all the fucking time? It's the... the, I don't know. It's the center of the Federation. You would think that there would be constantly ships at Earth. It might not... I don't know if geographically it's the center. Well, no, but I mean, it's it's the seat of command, you know? Like... Yeah, you're right. There ought to be ships around there. There ought to be ships there. Like... It's weird. I mean, like, are we supposed to think that... If you look at any of those, like, Star Trek-y maps that they make, you kind of get the impression of, like, the the United Federation of Planets is kind of, like, spherical sort of in nature. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, this area of known space or area of, like, Federation space, and it's roughly a sphere Mm -hmm. working outwards. But it seems like if that's true, then the only way you can explore is to go to the edge of the sphere and go outwards. Yeah. So how can the Enterprise ever be anywhere near, well, Earth for one, but then any of these sectors that need their help? Like, I get the idea, like, space is vast and there can't be ships nearby everything. Thing. So it's reasonable to assume, like, if they're in some maybe, remote area, maybe there's the no one else nearby. Hasn't been ex- the volume of it hasn't been explored uh, uniformly. Maybe there are pockets of unexplored within the sphere. Yeah, you'd think it's, that would it's filling in the gaps. That makes sense, but it's never denoted that way on yeah, their charts. Yeah. But maybe that's just going to be a pain in uh, the ass yeah, to draw. Yeah, exactly, because the charts are all two dimensional. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, like they, they're always. Um, it's that's the only thing that I guess, unless I'm just not thinking of something. That that seems like the most reasonable supposition. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, like, yeah, what, what's going on? Oh, uh, there was that gaff where uh, at the beginning of the episode where Riker said to increase their speed to warp six, and Jordy was like, "I, sir, full impulse." Jordy's just drunk on the job. He's like, not paying attention. Like warp six is six times impulse, is it not? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know if there's a canon description of warp speed in that sense. Yeah, I don't know. But like, who knows? <laughs> like warp one is like double impulse is what I thought. I don't know. Because impulse is like light speed or something or just sublight. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. If this is ever like fully described anywhere, I, I'm sure maybe it is. There's some discussion about this, but yeah. Yeah, like impulse can't be light speed. No, it's got to be like either just below or what. I don't know. At, at any really rate. fast. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's fast enough, but uh, not fast enough to get to Pacific. Quick, no, no, quick enough for Geordie short leave. Apparently, no, no, they got to get there on like on the double because they're beaches and uh, Riker is looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, not Worf though because swimming is too much like bathing. Worf would go to a beach. No, he said it specifically yeah. in the in the episode. He's like, nope, damn right, Worf. Too much like bathing. What do you think Worf does on shore leave? Well, it, was, it just it never comes up because they never go on shore leave. But if he if he had to, he probably it, finds like a pain stick bar. Yeah, solid. Yeah. Why does he? Why'd he even leave the Enterprise then? Maybe he just stays behind. He probably behind. wouldn't. Knowing yeah. Worf, he'd probably just stay in his room and sulk. Sulk? Yeah. Maybe. I think he'd spend some time training. Yeah. He'd, yeah, he'd just spend all of his time in the in the holodeck killing uh, skeleton monsters. <laughs> Those weird skeleton ogres. How pissed do you think he was that he didn't get to go down to uh, Starfleet headquarters and, and shoot Merrick? Uh, he's probably really upset. Yeah. It's not every day you get to, like, kill your commanding officers. Live the dream. Live the Klingon dream. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Why don't we leave that there? Yeah, I think that's good. We'll save other thoughts about the season for the finale. Yeah, yeah. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. All right, this is Pags. I'm Foley. We'll see you next time.